Welcome to the Rocket MSP Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Taylor. The following is an interview with Channel Program. I have Matt Solomon, co-founder and chief business development officer, alongside his colleague, Amy Roman, chief marketing officer. Channel Program is pretty new to the MSP channel. Though the co-founders Kevin Lancaster and Matt Solomon are well-known in the industry from their days at ID Agent, and then Kaseya. Matt and Kevin founded Channel Program with the goal to make it easier for MSPs to work with vendors. The primary service they offer at this time is their monthly Channel Pitch event. At first glance, it appears to be an easy cash grab for them, where they partner with and charge vendors a probably large amount to participate in a seven minute channel pitch to hundreds of attendees. But when you pull back the veil, you'll see that there's actually something deeper happening here. Channel pitch will be closely followed by other MSP focused launches, including their channel cash program, where MSPs are drawn at random lottery style for a chance to win cash that can be used as marketing development funds also known as MDF. While some channel vendors offer MDF and other programs for MSP partners to take advantage of, some MSPs will find that there are just a ton of hoops to jump through, making it feel impossible to ever actually take advantage of these programs. While I'm not entirely sure a lottery is the best approach to fixing this actually big problem that happens in the channel, I know that Matt and Kevin are trying to attack attack this from the middle. They need to appease the channel vendors that they're going to work with while giving MSPs a chance to actually take advantage of these funds. Keep listening for the entire interview where we talk about channel pitch, channel cash, vendor channel programs, and other opportunities to work with your partners to grow your brand. Hey guys, how you doing? Doing good. Thank you for having us. Hi, Steve. Awesome. awesome. So channel program, that sounds like uh, just a really generic thing that all vendors do. Yeah. So, so what are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you would have loved, you know, being in the room when we were whiteboarding all the different names that, that we had and, uh-huh. um, you know, and channel program was always there and it was obvious it's an obvious kind of name and it, it, it is generic as you mentioned uh but it's great for a domain name right channelprogram.com very mm-hmm. simple um really what we're out here trying to do is create an ecosystem a new community for the way msps and vendors communicate with each other um you know i came from id agent and kind of had all the benefits from a vendor perspective on being in front of the MSP audience at in-person events and having a main stage, but that's not the reality for a lot of the vendors. And, you know, so it's not an even playing field. And then in, in addition to that on the MSP side, that means they're also not hearing from the emerging vendors who might be stuck in a booth or maybe couldn't travel during COVID. So we're trying to create a new platform um, and, and give emerging vendors more of a, of a, of a voice but then also bring in thought leadership from the MSP side uh, through video enablement and, and social media uh, into the platform. So we're really trying to raise the profile of everybody and give a lot more voice to the MSPs into what is happening in the channel. Very neat. 
Now, you were with ID Agent. Amy, where where did you come from? I actually came from uh, an MSP. So I worked at a more local MSP in the Northeast area. We were actually a top 100, and then we were acquired by a larger MSP. And when I was there, I assumed um, a position in the customers, heading of customer success. Okay. And your domain is channelprogram.com, correct? Correct. So you have a beautiful website, uh, great logo, great branding, catchy names for all the things, right? So, you know, I see a channel pitch, channel explorer, channel cache, and then the channel podcast. So let's talk about the one that everyone wants to talk about channel cash, because that's the first thing that jumps to my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that came from, you know, when I was with ID agent, I was on the road, uh, like 50 different conferences, uh, for two straight years. So it was really all around the world and had the opportunity, the unique opportunity to speak with MSPs across the world and got a unique perspective. Um, you know, whether it was during the event at, at the social events that there were in the space. And I would often ask people in the space, like what, what challenges are you facing? You know, what, what things do need solving in the space? And, and oftentimes, uh, marketing development funds came up quite a lit, quite a bit MDF, mm -hmm. right? We, ID agent, we got asked all the time about MDF and we were in, in our position at ID agent, we. Uh, you know, we were an emerging vendor and our partnership value was not the same as a, a backup vendor, right? Where it could be some MSP contracts are hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that wasn't our case. So we, we weren't able to fully do an MDF program. And so I just started thinking about this more and more and had conversations with our, my co-founder, Kevin Lancaster about it. And one of the other challenges that MSPs brought up time and time again is that each vendor and understandably so has a different process to get MDF, to qualify for MDF, and it could be a cumbersome application. And even when you've done all the application, you've done the event, it's also, it can be challenging. You have to provide ROI reports and you have to sell a singular product when as an mm -hmm. MSP, that's not really how you sell, right? You sell, you're trying to sell your entire stack of, of services. And so. That's where channel cash kind of came out of. And what we launched with it is the idea of a vendor agnostic or vendor independent, however you want to refer to it, MDF program, where we're giving away between up to per quarter, $50,000 in cash and discounts from the industry to MSPs. And what we've done is we've simplified the application process. We'll be launching that pretty shortly in terms of the application process. It's about, it's going to really be like two minutes. It's going to be, give us your information, what event you want to put on. And we're not asking for ROI reports. We're not asking you to sell a singular product. You can do really whatever you want, as long as it's within the realm of marketing activities. It could be lead gen webinars, in-person events, lunch and learns, things like that. And our big ask for you to qualify is to come participate at our channel pitch events that we're putting on monthly and give your feedback live during those channel pitch events to the vendors. So it's a little bit of participate in our community and give the feedback and we're going to reward 
reward you for participating with channel cash. So our grand prize is going to be $5,000. We're giving away, I think 10, $1,000 winners, I think $2,500 in winners and so forth. So they'll be randomly selected. But one really neat thing is you can increase your chances of being selected each quarter. So Steve, if, if you have an MSP and you bring a technician or a salesperson to the channel pitch event and three of you attend, well, you've now tripled your chances of, of winning. So it's really about giving back to the community. And I think we're, we're going to see a lot of neat activities and it'll be really cool to, to, to hear back from the MSPs that have, you know, won the MDF, the channel cash and see, see what they did with it and come out with reports that we can give back to the MSP community. Because my favorite thing to do is provide success stories to MSPs because you don't have to reinvent the wheel with any of this stuff. You can put your own twist on it, but you don't have to start from scratch. And that's one of my favorite things to do is to, to share success stories with other MSPs. I like that. Now, the thing that I, I look it up for the MSP here, so don't be alarmed. Yep. Uh, the thing that I don't love is it's, it's like a prize. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, if we were to work directly with the vendor, it's not a prize. It's. Right here's, here's what we provide. And, you know, here's the, the 2000 you need to make this event happen or, or whatever. Right. And obviously, yes, there's, there's some accountability, but I think there should be They're They're giving you these funds kind of in good faith and you need to show that you're being almost like a, a good steward of these funds. So I don't see any problem with that. With, with what you're doing, you're making it like the hunger games. Like it's, it's just, you know, who randomly selects some people to get some money and hopefully it goes well. Well, I mean, I, I push back a little bit on that, uh, in the sense of, and I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Number one, you could spend all that time filling out an application and you say it, it you know, it's them giving you, but there's no guarantee that they're going to give you the money. So you right. could have invested all of that time as well. That's the thing is we're not asking for a huge investment of time or energy into this. So it is definitely a little bit different. I, I totally understand what you're saying, uh, but there's no guarantee of those funds either. Uh, it's not, it's not a randomly selected, but they're, they're reviewing obviously the different applications they get and they could choose not to give you the MDF. Um, so there is that opportunity. So, yeah, I, I understand why where you're coming from on that. Um, but I think because of the, and, and Amy, feel free to chime in with any of your opinions, but yeah, I think because of the ease of this program, that's, I, that's part of the way we're doing it, you know, because we're making it so easy to be, to qualify for it. And, and keep in mind, Steve, all of this is kind of phase one of, of what it is that we're going to be offering both from a platform perspective, as well as from a services perspective. So this is Phase one of channel cash, uh, we're going to launch this. We're going to get some learnings. We're going to get, I mean, this is the whole point of this is to get feedback from the community and then to evolve, uh, just the way we're talking about that vendors are going to do, to change their product development roadmaps based upon feedback. Um, so this is phase one. We're going to launch this. We really, I mean, I was the person when I was at the MSP, I headed up the marketing and sales team. So I was the person and I went through that process. Trying to get MDF funds was so arduous and so time consuming. It's so 
what we did is we looked at it and we said, okay, we know that this is a need amongst IT service providers. This is kind of evolution one of our idea of how we can start to meet that need. And I can see if the feedback's good, that it's going to evolve and grow over time. Okay. That's, that's kind of my job. So better, right? <laughs> and, and looking at this, uh, I've got some assumptions, you know, so your, your first pitch is tomorrow. It's at 11 o'clock Eastern and you have eight vendors presenting armor, gradient, MSP, SAS alerts, Wasabi, compliancy group, mail protector, Servosity, and Zorus. And there are prizes, uh, in order, you know, that's probably the, the, the hook, right? That's the way to get people to, to come register and watch is, is they come in, they watch and our goal is to, to get them to stick around. And so you'll, you'll select 300 people randomly from all that. And those people will win. Um, well, yeah. So I, I mean, that's, that's just a piece of it. Uh, sure. uh, it with the channel cash, I mean, pitch by itself without the, the MDF component or a channel cash component, you know, we believe we're changing the way an MSP can interact with a vendor and just maybe it'll help if I explain what that is. So channel pitches, we're inviting eight innovative new, some, in some cases, brand new emerging vendors in the space. And we're asking them to give a seven minute presentation, cut out all the fluff and focus in on five areas that an MSP will care most about so that they can digest what these different vendors are doing in a much more concise way. And so th those five areas are, what problem are you solving? What makes you different? You know, what's your pricing structure? How do you make me money more secure, more efficient with and my, my clients, depending on the services you're offering? And what does the partnership look like, right? What are the sales enablement materials you're providing? Is there trainings, et cetera? And we're allowing the MSPs to attend anonymously. So, you know, when you go to certain industry events, you're giving up your information to 30, mm -hmm. 40 vendors at once. So this is a complete different twist on it that we're allowing MSPs to come here, listen to these vendors in a very concise way, not have to give up their anonymity unless they choose to, and then also give feedback directly. Cause after each pitch, we're going to ask six quantitative and qualitative questions where the MSPs can anonymously give that feedback. And we think we're addressing an area of where, you know, we're not, it's, nothing's going to solve in, in the sense of like MSPs and vendors are going to always be up here on the product roadmaps and things like that. But what we're trying to do is bridge some of that gap and give MSPs a larger voice in mm -hmm. what, you know, what's going on with these vendors and what's resonating and what's not. I mean, you could, you could literally tell a vendor through this, you know, like, Hey, this is not what, what you just said about this. I don't care about as an MSP at all. And so, you know, it's, it, we're giving them more voice. Okay. Now that is essentially what, what yeah. I, you know, I don't have the six quantitative qualitative questions, you know, some of these things I don't do, but this is something that I've been doing for years. So, um, I like that there are other people that are finally getting on board with, Hey, let's not force people to register for this event. Um, just so they can watch and learn and figure out, is this company even worth using? Because that's, that's the worst is when you get stuck in one of those marketing funnels and you can't get out. 
Yeah, I mean, Amy, you can probably speak to that from the MSP <laughs> side. You got you got to watch out for those marketers. No, I, we agree, and I mean, we've whether it's from a technology standpoint or, or just as general consumers, I mean, we're all inundated by marketing messages. And as marketers on the other side, we have to figure out how do we break through that clutter and and actually provide value to the people to whom we're speaking. Um, so one of the things that we felt was really important with this is to have someone be able to choose to attend this event 100% anonymously. So if you want to come in and you want to learn and you want to um, get information, provide feedback, impact the vendor's development roadmaps, and not have anybody even contact you a single time afterwards, you're able to do that. At the same time, if you do have certain vendors that you choose that you want to engage with, you can request uh, additional information from them. You can request a product demo, sales enablement materials, or you can go ahead and join the breakout room afterwards and actually interact with some of these vendors, CEOs directly. You can ask them clarifying questions. You can challenge some of the things that they're doing. You can share your ideas with them. Um, so the idea is to really let the person who's attending control their path. Um, and they can really have it be their event and uh, have that experience be exactly what they want. Yeah, I was just going to add, I mean, Steve, of the eight presentations, five of them are the CEOs. So, you know, it is a really unique opportunity, as Amy mentioned, to have interaction if you choose to after in those breakout rooms with mm -hmm. the CEOs of these companies. Yeah. I like that. Okay. So let's let's talk about some some channel stuff that doesn't directly involve you because there may be companies that just choose not to work with you guys, but they still have, you know, some kind of partner program. So let's talk, I, I want to hear soup to nuts. What all should we look for in a partner program as an MSP? Well, Amy, I mean, you want to take first crack at that to you sure. MSP side? And then I'll, I'll chime in like, cause I, cause I do have, I think I have some good ideas around how to build better relationships with a vendor. Cause I was mm -hmm. obviously on the vendor side. So I'll let Amy take the first part of that. Yeah. So when I was, um, when I was heading up marketing for a service provider, there, there were two things that I looked at when I was looking at an MDF fund strategy. The first was who are the vendors that we, who are our top, let's say two to three vendors. Those were the first that I would always go to. Um, at the same time, though, a lot of times those were, you know, some of the biggest vendors. You may be a small fish in a big pond when you're talking to them. And so then what I would also look at is who are some of the smaller vendors that may be in our technology stack, but we're going to be a bigger fish within their pond. Um, and so I would always um, consider those where I could bring in current customers. So if there was some type of an event and I could have a combination, and I think this is something that really gets undervalued is utilizing a happy current customer to sell and to attract a new customer. So any type of an event where I could have that interaction and I could have a genuinely happy customer interact with a prospect or something like that, basically that customer put together a much better sales story than any of my marketing materials, anybody on our sales team, uh, all of those types of things. So I would look at number one, who were the vendors that made the most sense um, and that we that we worked with most often. 
where were the vendors that would be willing to work with me so that I could create a program that was somewhat customized? And then lastly, looking at who had programs where I could utilize the value that I had built and the relationship that I had built with my current customer in order to uh, sell to others. That was kind of my strategy. I like that strategy. Let's hear from Matt. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things we identified early on when I was at ID agent was, you know, the, the need for sales enablement materials, mm -hmm. uh, you know, even though ID agent was probably one of the easiest selling like tools out there, we still found that MSP struggled to talk about security in a way that, you know, resonated with their end users. And so we, you know, started, I mean, it was a slow process, but you know, we started building out a partner portal where we, you know, started putting together social media graphics, campaigns for our partners, and eventually started building out an incredible library of resources where, you know, a, a, an MSP could white label at pretty much anything. We then got into, and, and really Dan Tomaszewski, who's now at Kaseya after ID Engine got acquired, was the, you know, the person most responsible for, for our program. But they started building out, you know, PowerPoint slide decks, not just selling our product, but selling really around the entire security bundle so that an MSP can, you know, close a, a, an entire deal, not just close dark web monitoring. And we, I think, you know, we have seen the industry follow suit, you know, Datto, I would say led kind of, you know, with the first pe first vendor that I can see that I saw doing it that way. And, you know, we emulated a lot of what they did. And now you see so many people following that same playbook. Um, and there's really great, you know, Dan now, you know, does it fully, I can say with his powered services and the level of details that are going into these programs have significantly increased. Now, emerging vendors are still in the beginning stages of that. And so, you know, having conversations, having advisory councils, I think is critically important. Um, and I also think it's really important and it's an underrated thing in the space. I don't know that every MSP understands how important it is to have relationships with their vendors. Um, you know, and it goes both ways, but I am telling you, if you proactively reach out to a vendor and really start to, you know, build out a relationship, uh, think you'll, you'll find that they'll listen more. Things will get done quicker, at least for you as, as a, as an MSP. Um, and I, you know, you start getting featured on thought leadership panels and you start getting noticed more by the industry at large. Uh, you know, I can think of many examples where, you know, I would feature an MSP who I got to know on the road on a panel of mine. And then another vendor would see them and be like, oh, I should have him or her, him or her on our panel and so forth. And the beauty of that is, you know, Steve, if you're on a bunch of panels with vendors, well, you can repurpose that content. Even it could just be a picture. You don't even, it might not be relevant to your end users, but just by set, showing that you're continually being featured as a thought leader all around, right. you're going to create a perception that, oh, wow, Steve must know what he's doing because everybody else is going to him. So, right. you know, I, I think there's lots of ways that MSPs can take advantage of that, of those relationships with the vendors. Yeah. Really does I, give a lot of credibility. Yeah. Steve, if I can just interject something, one of the things that Matt, when we first started talking, um, when I was talking to him about joining the team, so the um, ID agent campaign 
we actually ran one of their campaigns. And when I was running, it was the most successful integrated sales and marketing campaign that we did as an MSP. So um, it was one of the things that started off our, our conversations. It was, it was something where um, it really, we were able to show value to both our current customers and our prospects by utilizing their materials. And it was incredibly successful for us. So I, I've got to say, I think that developing a relationship is the most important thing MSPs should be doing with their, um, uh, with their partners. For example, the, um, oh gosh, the, the sales rep, you know, that's, that's like your, your dude, that's your guy. That's the person you talk to, you know, every day. Every time you need to reach out to that vendor, uh, primary point of contact, you should not look at that person as the enemy. You know, they're not always trying to sell you something. They don't always look at you as a source of commission and a way to go out and buy that new whatever. Yep. Sometimes they legitimately just want to help you. Sometimes. They think, you know, it's kind of cool. I like talking to him. We could be buddies. If we lived closer, we'd hang out. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with, with developing a professional relationship with these people. Now, my opinion is, uh, as much as I like to joke and have fun, you should try and keep it professional and don't, don't ski the lines between professional and, and personal and and start sending them inappropriate memes because that's probably not okay. Um, but you, you know, you should, you could, you should consider them a colleague and somebody that is, is there like trying to help you trying they want you to succeed, even if it's selfishly so they can make more money. They do want you to succeed. Yeah. And, and you know, I add to that, you know, building out that relationship, you know, particularly if you go to events, most vendors have somebody that's considered to be their channel chief or their product evangelist. And those were, to me, those are one of, that is one of the most important relationships because if you do have an issue and sometimes your account manager might, it might be above what they can do, you know, they can do anything. But if you reach out to the person who you've met at a bunch of events, I think it goes a long way. And it's, it's funny, like as literally as we're talking about this, like I got a text message from, you won't be able to see it, but it's got Philip Walker, who I've met many years ago and he's an MSP owner. And that's my point. He's got my personal text message at, you know, a uh, phone number. And so if he had an issue, he's just going to text me mm -hmm. and, you know, that's going to jump to the top of my list. Typically, you know, it's just, it's natural human you know reaction. Like this guy's directly reaching out to me. I'm going to respond to that. Um, so I, that, but that's to my point is these are relationships that you know, he's made an effort. I've made an effort it's both ways. Um, but you know, when you build those relationships, you tend to get answers quicker. You tend to get treated a little better. You, um, I know people don't like, like to hear that, but it's no different than an MSP. You have your certain customers who you've built relationships and yeah, that it's the way the world works, but I, I think it's important to make the effort, go up, introduce yourself at these events. And I mean, it doesn't have to be a big thing. Just be like, Hey, Amy. I'm a partner of yours in case you, we've never met, you know, just, I'd, I'd like to introduce myself. And I would also say, 
let them know if you are somebody that's willing to be on panels or be on a webinar, uh, because I can tell you it's time consuming to continually think of new people to feature in certain uh, types of panels and things like that. And I would always love when MSPs would tell me, hey, I'd love to be on a panel next time you do one on uh, MSSPs or things like that. So I, I would proactively let them know you're willing to do that type of stuff. Uh, because I personally, I'm, I'm tired of the same ones being featured. I want to see more people being featured. So that's just, that's my small tip there. Yeah. So Amy, I have a question. Um, we talked pretty heavily about sales enablement materials so far. What do you do when you find a product emerging vendor? It's a fantastic product. It works well. It does all the things you need it to do. It's a great price. It's a no brainer to sign up with them, but they don't have any sales enablement materials. How, how do you work with them or what, what can an MSP say to convince them that they need to get some? Yeah, so that's a tough one because what I wound up doing a lot of times, um, is I would actually interview the vendor and then I would interview our techs and I'd actually write that. So I, I was kind of like the, the technology translator where I would take, uh, what they would say in a very, very technical terms and put it into more business language. Um, one of the things that we talk about with these vendors is ideally those sales enablement materials. What we want is something that we can just take make some very minor changes, put it directly in front of the consumer because I've never met just like, uh, any tech that's out there who always has a million things to do. I have never met a fully staffed sales and marketing team. So, um, we talk to them about that now, honestly, up until this point, we've had, I had to do a lot of that translation, but I think it's having those, uh, relationships and those conversations and explaining to them what it is, I think it's really giving them an idea of what your customer needs are and giving those needs to them so that they can put together those materials for you. But it, it's really based off of the relationship that Matt was talking about before. And if I can just make one comment, you were talking about salespeople, um, because I've, I've managed marketing teams, I've managed sales teams. And the thing that I always told the sales team was you are. IT consultants, first and foremost, what I told my teams and that that is your primary role. Now, of course you happen to have a quota. No one's going to say that that isn't there, but the best way to achieve your quota is to just go in there, be a great consultant, build relationships and do the blocking and tackling the hard work day in and day out. Um, sales, the thing that I'd say about sales is, you know, a good salesperson is is not the wide receiver that makes the great catch in the end zone. They're the running back that's getting five, 10 yards every time that they get the ball. See, and I, I felt like maybe they were just the, the guy getting pummeled as the other team goes for the, the quarterback, <laughs> uh, but I like your analogy better. So was, was there a particular type of, of like document? that you found worked best when, when, you know, compiling all these sales enable sales enablement documents, like I'm thinking, you know, they got, sometimes they got the flyers, the brochures, the battle cards, 
you yeah. know, like what kind of stuff worked best? So I would actually take the graphics, the information, and I would put it into a sales presentation. So I, cause I wasn't going to go in there and hand them a bunch of documents or send them a bunch of documents. I might send like a one page sell sheet, a mm -hmm. big on the one page, you know, it could, because to me, it's easy to rate five pages on something. It's hard to rate one page or a few sentences on something. So to me, the one page is what gets you in the door. And then I would take the information and I'd put that into a sales presentation. And for sales presentations, the way I would always start it is it's about them. You know, a lot of times as salespeople, we want to go in there and we want to start telling them all the stuff that's great about us. And the first line of all of my sales presentations was always, was always, let's talk about you. And the first thing that we would do would be to talk about their pain points and their challenges around whatever it was, cybersecurity, those types of things. And that's when I would arm the salespeople with marketing materials, um, they were marketing materials that had a very strong sales focus and a very strong customer focus. Yeah. And so I kind of want to go to, I'll answer both. So, you know, you were talking about now, I already, of course, of course I forgot what, what line of thought I was going to go into there, but, uh, so now I'm going to answer the second question, which was about what provided the most value. And so I'll just give it from my perspective from the feedback I received, uh, from, you know, MSPs at the time, uh, in our program, they absolutely loved the social graphics that we would provide based, you know, around security. Um, just because, I mean, social media is, you have to put out content and you have to put it out consistently and it's who has time for that. And a lot of the smaller MSPs don't have a marketing person full-time. Um, and so having those social graphics and we would give like not just the social graphic, we'd give you a starter, like a boilerplate. Here's what you could also write. Now we'd strongly encourage you to, to adjust it and make it right for your audience. But, um, we would give you those and kind of give you those for the month. And that was really popular, uh, because they got a lot of, uh, use out of those. And the other ones were the PowerPoint slides. Uh, there's presentations take forever to put together. You know, we all especially if you're a perfectionist and you're like really trying to hone in on your message. At IDEA, we would put together these presentations and I, I feel like we were getting them 80, 90% of the way. Um, and, you know, of course you put, you add, you take out slides, you put in things, but you had the bones of a presentation and we got incredible feedback around that. And now I did remember what I was going to say earlier, because that, Steve, you asked about like, well, what if, you know, if you have this vendor who's got incredible, it's a no brainer but they don't have the sales name with, I don't know that that would stop me, especially if, if I do, if I was an MSP owner and I generally know how to sell pretty well, what I would say is just provide that feedback right away in your partnership um, and tell them, Hey, in order for this to, you know, I'm going to sign. If you tell me that this is, you know, reasonable down your, your, your roadmap for sales enablement, because these are the things I'm going to need to make this partnership work. And here are five things that I would suggest that you start adding to your sales enablement. And, you know, the, the smart vendors will do those pretty quickly. Um, and, you know, really that is what makes a great partnership is both get, you know, getting feedback. I mean, some of the best features we ended up having came directly from our, from our partners. So, you know, if a vendor doesn't listen at all, unless they have one of the most incredible products, 
it's going to be hard for them to survive in the channel period. So I, I would voice those things early on. And you, you know, we go back to this relationship part. If you, if you are somebody who's willing to give a little bit of your time, it goes a long way in building that relationship with your vendor. They're, mm -hmm. they're going to appreciate you a ton uh, for that information. Let's talk about, um, this, this webinar panel thing. So you said that vendors are constantly looking for people to be in, in these panels. Mm -hmm. Why should an MSP want to do this? So, I mean, I'll give you a great example. Um, well, one, I think it's a good place to practice. You know, you're not in your, you're not necessarily on a panel. Like if I'm asking an MSP to be on a panel, they're speaking to other, they're speaking to their peers. It's not end users typically, mm -hmm. um, but it is a place to hone your skill set. It's also a way to use it as a marketing tool for yourself, right? Like I said, like, hey, Steve, you're on this panel with ConnectWise or somebody you could say, or Datto. You're able to show, you're able to take a snippet of that and say, hey, I had an awesome time being featured on the panel at DattoCon and show that to your community on LinkedIn. And again, they're seeing you now out there. The, the one example that comes to my mind, I've shared this a couple of times, Lisa Shore, um, who's an MSP, but she also has a business called Shore Success. And I thought what she was doing was really interesting. And I had her on a, one of our panels and then Dan ended up having him, uh, having Lisa on another panel inside powered services. And then IT Glue decided to feature her on a GlueX talk. And then she got featured at GlueX, the event, it, it, it snowballs. And that's just within one vendor that was all under Kaseya. I mean, imagine then if others noticed and start bringing that person in and that, and that's why I think it's a really important thing to do is to put yourself out there because it can, can really snowball into a lot more opportunities. And again, taking that and showing your audience, Hey, like I'm, I'm considered a thought leader in my own community. And this is why you should listen to me. Now, some people might think it's vain or things like that, but it's, it's marketing. I mean, that's, that, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but that that's the way I saw it. I agree with you a hundred percent. And I think that's why, you know, most own most MSPs or service providers start with owner led sales teams. And the reason that that happens is because that's exactly what they're doing. They're usually a presence in the local business community. They're on councils, they're being featured on panels, all of those types of things. Um, and that's how they're out there. That's how they're building those relationships in a very organic manner. And they have that credibility and that's how sales come through the door. So um, it's the first step on it is definitely the hardest. Um, and I can, I could speak on that from experience. Uh, but I think once you kind of open the door, as Matt said, it all, it all just starts to, to flow basically. What, um, gosh, I gotta get your website back up here. So, so I see you've got a few other things that you guys are, are doing. So channel explorer, what is this? So that is something we're going to be launching in the next two weeks. Okay. Uh, it's kind of the second phase of our channel program. And I would describe it in a way, uh, a combination of LinkedIn and YouTube for the channel. 
but really heavily focused on the video component of it. And again, the idea is to, on both sides of the ecosystem, give more people a voice. And again, this stems back to what I was saying about, I want to hear from more MSPs. Um, I want to hear from more people on the, on the emerging vendor side. So on the MSP side, if you're somebody who does, and there are a lot of MSPs who want to be considered thought leaders among their own peers, we're seeing this a lot more lately, uh, but maybe don't have the platform for it. Right. And we want to try to give them a bigger platform. And so it's putting out video content that you think would be, um, something that your, your community cares about, um, you know, on the technical, technical side, it might even be just, Hey, I found this thing in X, Y, Z vendor. This is an easier way to do it. You know, the how to videos. I mean, we see YouTube's full of that, uh, but we think we can have that in this community and then on the vendor side, you know, not every vendor can travel the way other vendors can, not every vendor can afford to speak at events the way other vendors can, especially in the very early stages. And so giving more people an opportunity to create a thought leadership uh, space for themselves. Uh, also more people within an organization. So I would tell, say to you, you know, when I was at ID agent, I was the person at all the events. And so a lot of people thought I owned the company, but that wasn't the truth. Kevin Lancaster owned the company. And if I had a platform like this today, I would say, Kevin, why don't you start putting out videos from more of the entrepreneur CEO level and see if that resonates with the MSP owners. And I'll do more of the boots on the ground events, that type of marketing. And Amy, you go do something around more of the operational marketing and, and whatnot. It, you know, we'll all find our own little voice and we're going to resonate with different audiences. But guess what? We're going to all elevate the brand of channel program this way. And the same thing would go for a, another vendor that's coming out. Everybody that's, you know, starting to put out good content, educational content is going to elevate their brand. I agree with that. And, and Steve, whether it's channel pitch or channel cash or explore, everything that we're doing is geared around three key objectives. Number one is helping IT service providers grow. Number two is increasing meaningful communication and collaboration between the service providers and the vendors. And then third is really supporting technical colleagues through uh, community and thought leadership. And, and so each of the things, whether it's, like I said, Explorer or Cash, they, they each hit some of those objectives. Some hits one more than others, you know, another hits a different one more than others, but all of them are really geared towards accomplishing those three goals, which we feel are very positive and uplifting for the industry as a whole. That I love. Um, and I think there should be more companies out there that are, that are trying to do this. Uh, so seriously, I commend you guys for what you're doing truly. Um, Matt, do you have any, any other thoughts on what MSPs should be looking for when it comes to a partner program? Um, you know, I, I think one, you know, ask the questions, you know, ask those up front. Yeah. I mean, you made that point, Steve, like sort of ask those questions as you're, before you sign the paperwork, 
right? Ask them what their partner program is going to look like. Do they have partner advisory council if you want to be involved potentially? Um, I think the things to look at are if they're able to show you, you know, if they have a partner portal, for example, they could show you some examples of the materials, show you examples of like the latest, uh, the most recent, I would say, because somebody could have a, a vast library of partner enablement materials, but if the last time they updated it was a year ago, then that's, that's not great. So I would be on the lookout for that type of stuff. Um, I still, as I would say, I wouldn't hesitate away from, or I wouldn't necessarily move away from an emerging vendor who doesn't fully have that figured out yet, but ask the questions, you know, make sure that, you know, you're having a dialogue around it. Um, yeah, those to me are the things that I, I guess I would look for uh, at, at first. Uh, but again, I wouldn't shy away from an emerging vendor who doesn't have it yet. But I think if you ask the right questions, you'll get a sense of if that's a path they're going down. And if it's not, you know, like I said, you, you could be part of that change for them. I like that. Amy, is there anything that you would like to help MSPs think outside the box with when it comes to working with vendors? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think what I've seen with a lot of MSPs is they're great operationally. They're great at customer service. Um, they're great at technology, but the biggest challenge in the business tends to be that forward end, that forward part of the business. It's the marketing and the sales, um, and putting together those components in a way that enables them to move from like what I was saying, the MS, the owner led MSP, where they're driving all the sales to something where you've got a team. I think that's one of the hardest transitions for an MSP. And it's why we have so many MSPs that hit, you know, a few million dollars and, and never scale past that. Um, so if we're able to provide more thought leadership around that, more tools and, and things so that they can go ahead and, and grow, that would, to me, that would be a huge win. And if we can increase their influence so that vendors are rewarded and incentivized to be more responsive and more transparent, um, I think that would be a, a win as well. Awesome. Well, Matt, Amy, thank you guys so much for hopping on here today and having a chat with, um, with me about channel program and about channel programs that, uh, vendors, um, could or should be doing. And I really appreciate the insights on what MSPs should do in order to just better utilize the stuff that their vendors are able to, to help with. Yep. No, we're happy to be here and we, we certainly appreciate, uh, you having us. Yeah. Thank Absolutely. you. So Great to speak with you. Absolutely. Well, Hey, for those of you that are still hanging around, uh, don't forget like subscribe, ring the bell, whatever your, whatever the YouTubes do, right? Do just, just do it all right. Thumbs up, thumbs down. No, not that one. Uh, hit, hit all the buttons though. So that way you get notified 
the next time we have your new favorite vendor on an episode. Uh, thanks so much, guys, and I'll catch you at the next one.